What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle and Grind podcast. My name is Jason Hartwell, and I'm here in the studio with my good buddy, Mr. Pickle, Nick Tobin from Pickle Cutters. And it is guest time. It's been a month, and uh, I'm just getting slapped tired of talking to Pickle every day by myself. So we're going to bring somebody else in, and we got us a good one today. We got uh, the man behind TH Knives, Mr. Todd Harrington, in the house with us today. What is up, Todd? How are you, buddy? What's going on, guys? Uh, thanks for Just jumping in here with us. We've been wanting you in here for a long time, but you got one hell of a crazy schedule. Yeah, thanks for having me. No, I mean, uh, I travel a lot, so um, but it's nice because when I'm home, I, I try and you know work in my shop as much as possible. So I'm not full time, but um, might be in the future. Yeah, well, you're uh, you're certainly on the right path, no doubt about that. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, tell tell everybody a little bit about you if they don't know you, the, just the basics, and then we'll get into the fun stuff along the way. Yeah, so, um, you know, um, kind of like the pandemic kind of pushed me, pushed me to do it a little bit more, um, but I've been a chef for 18 years. Um, I've been in Vegas for, for 18 years now and uh, are going on 18 years. And, uh, you know, I've always been interested in making knives. Um, I actually didn't do it like a lot of guys did lately and, and, and know about fortune fire. I didn't even know about fortune fire. I never even heard of it. Um, I just tried to make a knife one day and, you know, I'm pretty active on social media. A lot of like my followers see me post sometimes 20 times a day. Now it's knives, but it used to always be food. Um, and so a lot of my followers are chefs and everything, but they saw me post, like I did like a challenge to myself. I'm like, I'm going to challenge myself today to make, you know, my day off to make a, a knife that is usable in a kitchen. Now I was way in over my head. I had no idea what kind of steel, nothing, but that's how I am. I just jump in. So, uh, you know, I got like mild steel from, uh, from like Lowe's. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, you know, but like I, I watched some videos and I'm just like, you know, let me just, let me try this. And, uh, you know, I, I did the whole cold forge in my Kamado oven in the back and, um, uh, it, you know, obviously it didn't harden. Um, but I mean, I didn't know any better slapped a ha- uh, handle on it. It still took me two days. Um, you know, looked like shit. If I look at it now, I still have it in my shop actually. Nice. Um, you know, you're supposed to keep them. Oh, yeah. um, you know, it, looked, it looked terrible, but to me, it was, it was really cool that I could make something like that, you know? And, uh, and I took it into work, you know, no shame whatsoever. And, and I had like, you know, the guys hold it and they're like, Oh yeah, you know, it's a good weight. And, you know, I don't know what was, you know, sympathy compliments or what, but you know, it, it could have been a lot better. Um, but I, again, I didn't have any tools. I didn't have a belt. I didn't have a, I didn't even have a mouse sander, let alone a, a belt sander. You know, I had nothing, a belt grinder. I mean, so you used um, files? I, I did have a six inch wheel um, that I bought used off of, uh, off of like Facebook marketplace in order to do this project, you know, on my day off. Um, I think I bought it for like 30 bucks, probably got ripped off because it's, it's, you know, it's probably 15 years old. Um, but yeah, man, took it into work and then, you know, got a lot, got a lot of compliments. Like, I didn't even know you could make a knife. I'm like, I, I didn't know I could make a knife. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I mean, you know how it is. I mean, uh, I think Jason, you said it uh, on one of the podcasts, like, uh, in order to, to be a millionaire making knives, you got to start with $2 million. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, my wife kind of rolls her eyes because I, I wanted it to be self-sustainable. So I put in a good amount of money and, and I purposely, you know, kind of injected money into it. And then I, I paid myself back, you know, with the money that I got out of it. And now I'm pretty much broken even. So I think year two is going to bring me, you know, kind of like a little side business. Nice. Good deal, man. Moving along man. quick. 
moving along quick for sure. If I was to look at your work, I would never guess you were one year in. When I first started following Todd or Todd started following me and I started following him back, whatever, um, I thought knife, not knife, but Todd, <laughs> I thought knife was making Todd's for years. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, seriously, I thought, I thought you had been into this, you know, for a lot longer than that. And then I started talking to you and you're like, no, no, I'm just, you know, I got a full-time job and this is what I do to dick around. And I was like, holy shit. Dude, like, seriously? <laughs> yeah. I was on the same page, man. So I remember it was either pickle or Ryan. One of, one of you two guys, pickle or Ryan knew Todd first. And you'd always kind of pop in on the live feeds and I'd see your name and it didn't even ring a bell. So finally me and you got to just chit chatting and hell, we was talking for several weeks probably before I even clicked on your profile to look at you. I was like, <laughs> okay, well, you know, cool guy. We're talking, whatever. Yeah. And then I saw what you were doing and I was like, okay, well, this is, you know, a legit knife maker, you know, it's been going at it full time, most likely whatever. But then, like you said, to hear that you've been doing it one year on the side is very impressive. Thank you. Well, hey, y'all got to start somewhere, right? If you want to do what you like and not have to answer to Mr. Bossman every day or every other hour or whatever. That's true. Yep. It's, that's where the hustle and the grind come in, you know? Yeah, that's for sure. You you put those hours in and you grind and you you persist at making better knives every other knife that you make, you know? And that's all you want to do is make something better. So you're obviously going to get better at what you're trying to get better at if you keep on trying right <laughs> yeah yeah so, todd's, got, todd's got that recipe down pretty good you know there's some guys out there that are, you know they'll try and they'll be content with you know a certain to a certain point with whatever they're they're working on you know it could be nice it could be woodworking it could be anything you know i've seen some excellent woodworkers out there and some who have been at it for years and i wouldn't call them excellent woodworkers but hey they're there they've been doing it for years that's what they're content with they own that shit. That belongs to them. I have nothing to do with that, you know? But uh, to see guys like us, to be able to progress with so little time, you know, and these little tricks helping each other out left and right. Like, how many times have you reached out to me, Todd? Or have I reached out to you seeing your setup with your forge at one point? I was like, hey, I could help you f better fine-tune that forge and get better fuel efficiency and all this and that. You know, that's, that's stuff that makes us better, too. You know, it's stupid little shit like that. So... That's what's great about this community is we get to hang out and not technically know each other, but we're there for each other, you know? Yeah. Well, I can guarantee if we all end up together in a pit up in Atlanta, we're going to be friends. Oh, dude, I'm going to be for a weekend. Face probably. But <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it definitely happens. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, we, we can see Todd. The world can't. But just look at him. He ain't about no bullshit. I mean, you can tell uh, he's just – I, I remember seeing Todd. I remember seeing Todd at a No Effects concert in 1997. Oh yeah, that's about, that's about right, Todd. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, see, that's what that's what I was thinking about. Todd's fucking Todd's old school punk rocker, hardcore, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to be. It's funny though. As I get older, 
um, I listen to everything, man. I was, I grew up with country and then, uh, you know, you're like a rebel kid. I listened to like hip hop and stuff, but I got really into like metal. Uh, and so I still listen to metal of course. Um, but like, I, I never got into like grungy anything, but like, I, I definitely was big into metal. I got, I love like the new metal stuff, like the Slipknot, okay. yeah. you know, I went to like two Slipknot concerts, you know, back in uh, well, probably 99, 2000, right. When like they were really like jumping into the scene, um, you know, and I got away from the whole Metallica that I grew up with, you know, cause it, you know, at that point it was too soft, you know, <laughs> they cut their um, hair and they cut their yeah. hair and quit drinking. So yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> as soon as fuel came out, it sounded like Madonna. Oh, so you gave up on fuel. I gave up on the black album. Oh, dude, I love fuel. It was on the background of one of my recent reels. I just put up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that, uh, yeah. I was, well, I am three years ahead of you guys. So, you know, so yeah, I would take it that three years earlier i would have disowned metallica but uh, i was diehard you know metallica boy fucking fan yeah, there yeah. Same yeah, and uh you know my first cassettes because we didn't have cds then <laughs> were metallica tapes you know and i had the t-shirts and i had the mullet and i would cut some holes in my jeans and roll an empty pack of cigarettes up my sleeve and everything you know, <laughs> and, you know yeah. i was all about it you know but uh, like you said, I pretty much listen to everything now, but I was always, you know, big into metal scene as well to the death metal more. Uh, but uh, punk at heart, that's the thing, you know, like I'm, I'm big into punk music. It's everything that they they talk about or sing about, you know, not Blink-182 punk. I'm talking about right. old school punk, you know, like Dead Kennedys and everything else. The Ramones. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, everything that evolved. I knew you were going to say Ramones. I knew that. Yeah, but everything that evolved from that, you know, yeah. no, like none of this Blink-182 crap or any of those little tutu punk bands there. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, they had their time. Yeah, you know, they, those, they had their 15 minutes of fame. But, you know, you got bands that have been around, punk bands that have been around for 40 fucking years, and they're still true. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're not going with the trend. So they stick around, and they're they're solid. And, you know, that's where my heart's at, technically, you know, pretty much. Did you guys ever notice how many bands in the 90s had numbers in their names like blink 182 311 you know yeah, I mean? there's quite a few of them you could go on for days blur, wasn't there one like blur two or not blur two but uh no they had a song it was there, song there was a seven mary three yeah seven mary three finger were, 11 there was no, the song the song was blur yeah the song was blur but was what was the name of the band something two didn't they have a or was it blur two i don't i can't remember I don't know, I'll probably get a message now that people started messaging me. <laughs> oh, did you finally get some messages? Dude, all week long. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't get quite as many. They're like, all right, yeah, Jason's I getting boring. We'll so move on to pick. Messages, <laughs> dude. Noah from Elliot River for NTI River Forge messaged me, you know, and a bunch of other some other guys messaged me too. And we even got a group message, me and Jay from one other guy too. And, yeah, but I I got messages all week long, and it was just so fucking hilarious. Everybody's like, "I ain't scared of you, right?" <laughs> I told you. <laughs> That's what you get now. You ask for it. Yeah, yeah. Regular old dude. Yeah. Well, what's no, been going on in the I shops this week, guys? Come again, sorry. So, what's been going on in the shops this week? Who goes first? Rock paper scissors. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. I didn't. Uh, I didn't get much done this week in the shop at all. I actually. Uh, I forged out a blade yesterday, and that's about all I got done this year so far. And it was just to say that I started off the year at least with one blade forged. Uh, it's a one I showed you last night. There's like seven and a half yeah, inch yeah. long 
crazy pickle cutter chef knife there. It's a wrought iron and 1095 core wrought iron cladding. Yeah, I kind of glanced at it last night. I did look back at it this morning, but last night I was in some kind of mood and I saw the pictures come through and I'm like, cool. And I just kind of <laughs> set it off to the side. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I'm actually thinking of maybe redesigning it a little bit, like maybe taking a little bit off of that top part where it's round. But I kind of like that rounder part because it makes it different from any other knife that you'll have seen. And kind of like the knucklehead Bowie I done. So, you know, I might keep that there and just call it like fucking hunt hunchback in Notre Dame or whatever. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to look pretty. If it survives the quench and the heat tree, it should uh, should come out pretty decent there because I did, I did give it a quick uh, etch just to see how my core was centered, and everything's nice and centered and even, like right down the spine, right down the edge, you know, because I do forge my bevels. So, you know, I want everything to be as straight as possible to replicate both finishes on both sides. Well, I have learned a trick as to – Checking your etch, you know, to see if everything's centered. Mm-hmm. Mirror polish the spine. Yeah. And don't yeah, etch you'll, it. <laughs> yeah, you'll definitely see it there. But uh, with raw iron in 1095, though, you don't even have to go mirror polish because that raw iron won't, you know, at 120, you'll see your 1095 core at 120 grit with raw iron cladding. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You could see it at 120. So I was like, oh, but I just, uh, I didn't give it an acid etch. I, I put it in pH down to get the scales off, mm-hmm. forge scale off. So, like I said, that ends up etching the 1095 anyway, so I saw that. So you still haven't tried pickle juice? No, I haven't. You know. I got to finish my jar first. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I thought about you earlier today, Pickle. Oh, that's kind of you, Jay. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, me and you have mentioned doing a collaboration before. And yes. I found yes. the perfect blade I'm going to send to you. Ooh. It's one that I actually forged about a year ago, and okay. it's a, I believe it's five layers, but it might only be three. I can't remember. I can re-etch it and just check it out and see. But uh, what happened is I had a D-lamb in the handle after mm-hmm. the quench, and I went ahead and tempered it, you know, thinking, I, I got enough. I can grind that out. Well, in the temper, it popped even more. So I went ahead and ground the blade out. The blade's fine blade's beautiful but since you have a surface grinder it wouldn't be no big deal for you to just take that down you know what i mean because it's just right there about the size of a four-year-old's pinky fingernail right on the edge of a handle is it like at the bottom of the handle or at the top of the handle it's in the belly of the handle close to the choil area all right well i'm just gonna take all that out and make it a hidden tang knife that'll work too boom but remember, it's already been heat treated and tempered and all that stuff. So you got to watch the heat if you're cutting it out. And they're done that. Okay. Well, yeah. We- I've, made, I've made big blades into small blades after heat treat. <laughs> but the shape of it already with the handle that's on it, it's kind of got like a little pickle tucker, p- pickle tutters, <laughs> pickle cutters touch to it. You know, and I'll send you some pictures well, this evening. Yeah. Send me pictures of that, dude. I'll check it out for sure. You know, and uh, definitely like to see what's up with that. Definitely well, I- something that can be done. I got to thinking about it because thinking about your surface grinder, I was working yeah. with some desert ironwood today. And aside from stinking, just like homemade hell, it shit just stinks. <laughs> it is hard, dude. And it wants to burn. And the order that I'm working on, the customer wanted three layers of liners. And so I gave him the option of, you know, how thick you want it. Do you want a bold pattern? He, he's a cop, and his wife is a nurse. 
they're getting matching blades. They do a lot of hiking. They just moved to Arizona. So that's where the desert ironwood comes in. Well, the three layers of liners on his is two strips of black with blue in the middle. You know, the back to blue, thin blue line, whatever. Apparently, there's a nurse's theme, too, that is two layers of white with red in the middle. Yeah. So there's a 16th each. So that's three sixteenths worth of liner that I've got. You're almost at a set of scales right there. Exactly. <laughs> so then I put it on a set of three eighths inch scales. So, I mean, they were, they were fat as shit. So I had to take a lot of meat off of that. And it really would have been cool to have a service grinder to do that. Yeah, and I bet you weren't using 36 grip belt either, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You were Hell ceramic yeah. or uh, aluminum oxide? Ceramic. Oh, see, you would have had been. It's the been only thing up. that would cut it without burning it. You know what I mean? That yeah, was uh, sort of I time efficient. That, uh, ceramic gets uh, gummed up real quick with Arizona Desert Ironwood. Yeah, but, it definitely did. But I used my little wax rubber stick belt cleaner three or four yeah. times. It took all of one belt, like one brand spanking new belt, and it's spent yeah. now. But it only took about 15 minutes, you know, to do four scales. Not too bad. A surface grinder set up like how I use it would have saved you so much time. Oh, yeah, definitely. So much like, seriously, like I could make a set of scales flat. <clears throat> Evenly flat, both of them, because they're both on my magnetic chuck taped up with, you know, fucking crazy glue and all that and tape. But uh, it takes me literally probably more time to glue them up to my surface grinder, get them there, than it does to flatten everything out. If I'd have had a surface grinder, I would have went ahead and thinned them down before I even glued them up to the liners and did the whole stack up. Definitely. But uh, speaking of surface grinders, I know someone who acquired one recently. And uh, I want to ask him about that. So I'll be right back, guys. Okay, I'm back. Hey, Todd, how's that surface grinder? <laughs> Dork. <laughs> I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> it's great, man. It's great. But you know what, though? Like, you know how I told you that I just, like, approach it without researching? Yep, yep, yep. We all do that. It's kind of my thing. <laughs> so, oh, well, that's uh, how you learn, though. Yeah, that's how I learn. It's how I learn fast. You yeah, know, what I mean? like you can sit there on YouTube for hours and hours and hours, but like for me, I just I'm like itching to just get it done. So it's not like I'm impatient to learn it. I'm impatient to do it because I yeah. learn it better by doing it. So um, yeah, I, I, I've been saving up for this thing, and and like I said, the the money I injected into this like little kind of side hustle, right, is is only going right back into my equipment. So I bought a surface grinder, um, and it's it's great. I mean, I, I love it. Um, I, I did, I did use it before I talk, spoke to you. Cause I don't know if you were busy or I don't know what happened, but somehow we didn't connect about it. Cause I wanted to talk to you before I used it. Um, when I got it that day, but you know, I put it together and I'm just like, fuck it. I'm using it right now. So um, I used it after it was hardened. And okay. then I remembered telling, and I remembered uh, speaking with you after that, and you said you only use it before you you harden, which makes sense. Rarely I, after I harden, I will use it, but it's just for like a quick surface cleaning at mm. like higher grits, you know, just to get that whatever's left there that I want to save without hand sanding. Mm. And like I said, it's a quick light pass, you know. I don't mm. get nothing hot. So. Mm-hmm. You know what I was able to do? I was able to use my. Um, it's like that Scotch Bright belt. Yep, yep. With the with the uh, surface grinder, and it was really nice. It, oh, it yeah. made so nice. Oh man. Yeah. 
compared to doing it by like freehanding it on a surface on a Scotch Bright belt. Yeah. Like it's just it's just ridiculous. Like I enjoy yeah. it so much. Yeah, exactly. Which no, one so did you nice. get? Tom? I was doing all that by hand. Which one did you get? Ameribraid. Nice. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah. got the whole Ameribraid set up. I got I got everything. Yeah, no, he went all in, dude. Like, have you ever seen Todd set up? Like, he went all in. Like, I have not yeah. seen it. I need to check that out. Todd, Todd, Todd kind of reminds me of me a little bit when it comes to shit like that. You know, it's either I get it or I make it. Yeah. I'm more impulsive on making shit, but, you know, if I can't make it or don't have the time to make it, I'll fucking just get it. You know, like, don't even fucking question it. Just, like, get it to me. I need it. Yeah. I'm, I need to take a page out of your book, Pickle. I need to build me something. Actually, I want you to send me a picture so I can kind of copy it. I ain't scared to admit it. But Love. I need a holder for all my damn tool arms. Like that how rack do, you got. Dude, it's like seriously. Like, I'm stacking do, tool arms like how, up all over the how, place. How, how crazy is that? Fucking like everybody's asked me about that thing. And everybody's like, do you mind if I make myself? It's like, dude, it's scrap steel from my my my, my first uh, my first grinder stand I had made. Before having my grinders on a bench, I had one grinder and it was on a stand. And, uh, and that stand was modified like three times because it saw three grinders and all that one stand, you know. And anyways, uh, that was sitting next to the shed. And before, when I had the grinder on the stand, I had the base of the stand had tubing welded standing on it. And that's where I was putting my tooling in. You know, my tooling arms were going in there. So everything was standing at my feet underneath the grinder, getting fucking nasty and me kicking it and whatever, you know. So uh, then I was like, fuck it, I'm making a bench. And then I made a bench, and then all my tooling arms ended up at the bottom of my cart where my forge is. And then I was always bending over to fucking get tools and this and that. And then all my hammers and my tongs are there too. And then I was like, all right, well, let me make something that I could put under here that will help me organize because I'm very minimal on space in my shop. So so I was like, all right. And I started digging around the junk pile, and then I see the stand. I was like, oh, you know what? So I, it was like a C shaped foot and it had those things on it so i just cut the, the the pillar that went up to the top of the base and i cut that off and i drilled holes in the base of the foot base of that and i screwed that underneath my forge underneath the cart and everything and then i could just slide my tooling arms into those slots there and everything was off the ground but then i ended up running out of room because i need like seven seven slots to put shit away so i savaged the rest of that stand and took whatever I had underneath my car and took that apart and then just re-welded everything into a different configuration. And that's how I ended up with that on the wall. And uh, a lot of people are just digging it. Like, everybody's, like, it got so much feedback and comments and pictures, and everybody's like, you mind if I copy that? But, yeah, go ahead, Jay. I'll send <laughs> you pictures and uh, get some one-inch wall tubing, two-inch tubing, one-inch wall. If you could find that, you're you're golden. One inch wall, uh, one eighth okay. inch wall. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. One inch wall. I was about to say, <laughs> dude, that's gonna be a heavy son of a bitch right there. <laughs> dude, that's gonna be a square fucking <laughs> right. square bar of steel once it's full. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I was. I actually spent probably a good two to three hours last night cleaning my shop, and uh, got a lot of extra space cleared that I've been meaning to do. But again, today. I, I made enough space where I had a, a clean work surface, right? So what happens as soon as we have a clean work surface in our shop? It's a it's a brand new catch all. 
and it's close enough to the grinder where all my tooling arms started just piling up there today. And, you know, working on the blades I was working on, I was back and forth between the small wheel attachment, the flat platen, the contact wheel, and the psych belt. And I'm just, like, piling up. Like, man, if I just had everything right here to where when I pull it off the machine, it's right there, you know, it goes right back to its area, it'd be so great. Dude, it's amazing. Seriously, like, I wouldn't want it any other way. That's the most convenient. And you know what's even better is that once it's there, and you're working on something, well, there's, you know, one of those cooling arms is actually in the grinder, if not two, or depending on how many grinders you have. Anyways, mm-hmm. I end up with empty slots on my wall when there's no tooling arm there, which acts as a place to hang my belts as I'm working through progressions. So I don't have belts just hanging up up against a vice or a fire extinguisher or, you know, the other <laughs> grinder or wherever. They're hanging in front of me in order on my tooling rack and then I could just, you know, right in front of me, I grab it, put it there, put the other one back there. And when I'm done, I go and I take all those belts and I put them back on the wall where they go, where they belong. Well, I've only got three belts on the fire extinguisher right now. You'll be proud of me. I threw them all away. I say you threw out some belts, Jack? Yeah, I threw away probably 40 or 50, somewhere in there. But the three that I've got hanging on the fire extinguisher now are those, I love Phoenix abrasives to death. It's those stupid ass uh, cork belts that I bought. Oh, I gotta you get. Don't some. Like those? I can't figure them out, dude. They start at four hundred grit, and four hundred is like it feels like a ten grit. It feels like, but try it. I Use did. It. I've tried it several times, and it damn uh, it just gums up, and it leaves like this waxy shit all over the blade. And I don't know, man. It's just. I guess I need to, to do some more experimentation with it and figure it out. Because I use mine. I got the 400. I didn't buy the 800. I was going to figure it I'd try it first. And uh, I literally do, I use it after 220 to soften everything up there. And I don't get any of that nasty, nasty residues or anything you speak of. Or- yeah, it's like streaky shit. I, I guess it's what holds the cork onto the belt. I mean, I Maybe bought it from Phoenix, but it's a VSM belt. Yeah, those are what I'm using. Yeah. Uh, maybe if you use it more. Probably. I mean, like I said, I probably got to break it in or, or yeah, do yeah, whatever. Give it shit. Give it shit because, I, like I said, I've never noticed any of that with mine, and I use mine on pretty much every blade that I do intend on hand sanding. Yeah. You know, like I said, I go up to 220, and then I hit it with that, and then, you know, I see the difference in my grind lines. And then after that, I do conditioning belt. But now I actually bought myself. You'll be proud of me, Jay. Uh-oh. I bought some belts with the intention of bringing bevels up to 600. Oh, snap. Yeah, and, because I'm sick and tired of hand sanding already. But are you going <laughs> to leave it at 600? Are you still going to, I mean, are you going to leave it shiny? Are you still going to etch it black? It's obviously going to get etched, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is if I'm doing like Damascus or San Mai or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm grinding full flat. And then I got to turn around and I got to hand sand all those. And then, you know, it's like if I could just bring everything up to 600 on the grinder, throw it in the fucking acid and walk away and call it a etched blade, I'd be happy. So hold on. Let, let me jump in real quick, if you don't mind. Do you have a 14-inch wheel? Nope. So um, before I got my surface grinder, um, I got the 14-inch wheel. And I actually got that as part of my package. I added it on when I got my grinder 
And, uh, and what I've been doing is I go up to 400 on the, and this is before my surface grinder, but I go up to 400 on that 14 inch wheel and just by hand, you know, holding the handle and I'm pulling towards yeah. me. I, that's, it's kind of like a surface grinder. Yeah. Uh, the, the revolutions on there, it, it's, it's almost like I don't even got to hand sand it because now I'm going the opposite direction that I was, you know, because I also have the, I have the, the, um, the triplatin, I have everything. So I, instead of going, you know, left to right when I'm standing in front of my grinder, now I'm pulling back yeah. and it kind of like erases all of those scratches. Yeah, 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 you're getting it there on your flats and everything there, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I I do that too, and I kind of do it as well too. Um, like with my new uh, with my new D plate on my uh, VA shredder, I got that four inch contact wheel at the bottom of that. And uh, when I'm done hand sanding my blades up to six hundred, I take it to the very fine uh, conditioning belt on my grinder, and then I got the four inch contact wheel down there. So I just run everything, you know parallel to my hand sanding lines or my my grind lines mm-hmm. if you want to call them that there but, but that's not going to work if you got plunge lines though right it won't get in there yeah and obviously not that's when i don't do hand sanding uh <laughs> because the thing is is when i'm doing it with my blades is my blades are hand forged so i'm forging in those both of those bevels so there's barely none to very little plunge line to deal with at that point and um, chances are that by the time I'm done sanding and sanding uh, those plunge lines will be gone so mm-hmm. everything just becomes flat so yeah. I just run it down that surface uh, down the conditioning belt on my 4 inch contact wheel kind of like I was saying with the 14 inch but the revolutions yeah definitely the, the yeah, because I just feel like the the fourteen inch is like more forgivable. Because you know how like if you're pressing up against a four inch wheel, five inch wheel, six inch yep. wheel, it yep. kind of it, it makes it a little wavy, right? But the fourteen inch, it, there's way more contact on there, especially yep. like you know when I'm using such a high grit. Even when I, I went from there before I had my service grinder to my Scotch Brite belt, um, it was like a world of a difference. Yeah, and I noticed I, you doing that in your videos as well. Yeah, too. yeah, and I, you know what, I didn't, I haven't seen anyone post videos of that. I just thought I kind of did that on my own. I mean, I did. It's something like, that I had, something that I had, uh, I had seen. I can't remember who I'd seen do it, but I had caught on to that, and I was doing that before I had my surface grinder, uh, mm-hmm. my surface grinder. Yeah, too. it was like I was just running shit on. I got a ten inch wheel. That's I what I got. Using, yeah. yeah, I got a ten, an eight, and a four. My four is on my D plate now. The eight and the ten are on tooling arms. I would love to get a fourteen though, but um, what I was thinking of doing is, um, you know, I'm gonna make a twenty-five inch wheel out of my uh, out of uh, out of a, a platen. I'm just gonna take a piece of uh, a G10. I saw somebody take some G10 and just radius that to his platen, like say glue it to the platen. Oh, a radius platen. Yeah, radius platen. Oh, okay. Oh I'm like, what? He, okay, G10, 25 <laughs> inch up, wheel. You, you, yeah, you, but you end up technically working with it like a 25 inch wheel, you know? Right. Yeah, or yeah. What radius you're getting? Yeah, that well, BB only, guy sells radius platens. There, the only difference that I that I understand on that is is that it gets hotter quicker. Yeah, the, the I was just gonna say you're probably coming up with the heat issues there, and yeah, that would totally totally make sense there too. Is that is the wheels keep things much cooler? Oh yeah. Like I notice on my um, my D plate setup that I got there with the two inch idler at top that my idler wheel 
like you know no matter who's grinding i don't care what bearings or whatever your what setup you got wheels are gonna get hot you know uh they don't stay cool but my bottom my four inch contact wheel at the bottom of my d plate stays significantly cooler than the two inch either at top well i've got an eight inch contact wheel and i think it's on the floor somewhere behind the refrigerator in the shop i'm not (laughs) sure my 10 inch is serrated and even though it's only a two inch difference my eight inch is a solid wheel and dude that son of a bitch gets hot like instant almost especially with like real thin stock you know if you're working on a chef's knife or something i guess it depends what you're doing yeah like if i were to use my eight inch wheel i technically i don't even know why i have an eight inch wheel like even like like having a 10 inch wheel i wouldn't get a 12 i would step up to 14 right away uh my but, eight inch came with a different grinder and okay. it's just still sitting around in the shop because my eight inch is solid as well too yeah that's what she said <laughs> lando lando's gonna be proud of me there yeah yeah yeah. But, uh, yeah that one's for you lando <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it's a it's a hard wheel, and I used it for um, for profiling blades rather than grinding bevels or whatever. Yeah, you know when I'm that profile when I'm cleaning up the profiles or whatever. If I'm tilting the grinder, like I do dirty work with the solid one, the serrated one I keep for hollow grinds. And well, guys, we're doing all this kind of talking about wheels and attachments and all that. I'm just going to take a minute here and talk about one of the amazing sponsors of the hustling. Broadbeck Ironworks is the sponsor of the show. And they have every type of attachment and accessory that you would ever want for a professional series two by 72 grinder. And if you use the promo code hustle, when you buy a grinder kit, you get the Mareco platinum upgrade for free. And that's over a $300 value. So go to broadbeckironworks.com, check them out. And if you got another machine like an Ameribraid or a, you know, a, a revolution, you know, whatever you, whatever you have in your shop, their tool arms will fit your setup and you can get to work. So go over there and check them out. Broadbeckironworks.com. Tell them we sent you. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of all that, still, uh, sticking to the subject, uh, Cause I remember when I had talked to Todd about his surface grinder and all that, did you figure out how to get bevels out on that thing? No, I'm not even going to attempt it, man. Why? I'm not going to attempt it. I, to be honest with you, I think just like mathematically, it seems to be the most dangerous thing that could ever happen on a grinder. You know what I mean? Cause you know, I I've hurt myself a lot on the grinder, just learning. <laughs> okay, God, I, I need y'all to take a step back because apparently y'all talked about something and I don't know what it is. And if we're talking about danger in a shop, I'm all in. I need to know. <laughs> so what are we trying to do here? Yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about setting the perfect bevel on a on a blade, but using a surface grinder attachment. Yeah, I mean, Holy it's shit. possible. So it's like shimming up the blade? Possible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's nice in theory. <laughs> it just, to me, it seems really dangerous. You For know? sure, yeah. Yeah, but that's how you learn well. <laughs> yeah, but that might be the last thing I learned in the hard way. <laughs> Just make you know sure it's spinning away from you. You know, you know, there's things I do in life, Todd, that I get hurt, and I still do, but I've learned, but I still do, and I still get hurt. Like today, I kind of I kind of bit it hard, 
And uh, I don't know if you noticed, Jay, but I'm sitting kind of square right now, not louched into my freaking chair as I usually am. Is because my back is killing me right now. Did you bust your ass today? Yeah, I busted my tailbone. There's a there's a little lack of snow there, and the base is kind of hard still. So uh, yeah, I kind of I kind of dropped on my ass there, down a little drop, and I when I when I hit the ground, my board slid out from underneath me, and then I just dropped 225 pounds on his ass. I told you last week, don't bust your ass. You yeah, said, I do my fuck. I I've think I hurt my jaw more fall. than I'm my not ass gonna fall. <laughs> yeah, I think I hurt my jaw more. Like my friggin' teeth hit so hard together, like. Mm. I seriously like my jaw is sore from it, but uh, yeah. So last night, uh, speaking of freak ass injuries, check this out. I had a bloodbath all over my house. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. So in between my kitchen and hallway, I got one of them pull up bars that just goes in the door jam. All right. And uh, my youngest son loves doing pull ups, and he can do pull ups till he's bored. You know what I mean? He was like, he only weighs maybe sixty pounds tops. But he's, oh, yeah. like, just shredded. So he was out there doing pull-ups and shit, and he dropped off the bar, and he just looked at me, and, like, three seconds later, the pull-up bar fell. And the top of one of the bolts hit him right at his hairline, right in the top of the head. Shit. And I looked at him, I'm like, fuck, that's going to hurt, because it's falling off and hitting me in the head. <laughs> and, I, know, dude, there's one thing that pisses me off more than anything is getting hit in the head. You know what I mean? Like, if I bump my head on something, I want to fight. Like that, it just pisses me off. So I walked over to him and I, I looked at him and didn't see no blood, no nothing. So I just walked over to him and I kind of grabbed his head, put it in my belly. And I'm like, man, I know it hurts. I'm sorry. And he pushed me away. And he's like, look, dude, I looked down. We were both like drenched in blood. Man. He told me later on that he thought it was tears. He felt something dripping on his arm. But he opened his eyes while he's looking down, you know, while I was holding him. And it was blood. And it was just like a a tiny little half circle shaped cut from where the end of that bolt hit him nowhere near enough to need a stitch or anything. But I guess just all them capillaries in your, you know, yeah. in the top of your head, he bled it's so a, damn bad, dude. It gets bloody quick there. Yeah. And he saw that blood and obviously that scared him even more. So I just started cracking jokes, calling him a, a featherweight champion and taking licks and looking like he just got his ass tore up in the ring. And you know, <laughs> by the time it was over, he was laughing his ass off and, Good to go, but man, blood everywhere. So, have you uh, have you hurt hurt yourself yet, Todd, with the surface grinder, or like you want to tell us about those uh, other yeah. experiences you've had with your grinder? I'll be honest, you know. <clears throat> so, you know, um, I'm one of those guys that just like like I told you, I jump in. So, I got my first grinder was a 42, a two by 42. Um, you know, it's a no name basically, and uh, um. I, I, you know, as you go by and you don't know where to put your fingers and, you know, you're just learning. I was probably like three or four knives in and, you know, I just kept going and just took off the side of my index finger right on the side of the belt. And the belt was like a 60 grit. So, you know, I had everything from metal to like, I, I don't know what else was in my cut, but it was in my finger. I'm sitting there and my wife's like, do we got to go to the hospital? Do you got to go to the hospital? And I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm running a magnet over my finger to pull metal out of my finger. <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. It was one of those cuts where you cut yourself so deep that it's, it's like one of those Japanese movies where you cut someone's head off. It doesn't bleed for like two minutes. Yeah, yeah. That's how it was. Like it, it, it cut so deep into me that I look at it. I'm like, no shit. And then like, 
two minutes later, it's just gushing blood, like gushing blood. Like it would not stop. But like, you know, I didn't want to go to the hospital. So I'm sitting there with tweezers and magnets and everything I could to get that stuff out of my finger. I just leave that shit there. It comes out on its own after a few months. Yeah, yeah no, sure. I mean, it, 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 my finger looks good now. I was worried. I was worried that that was like, I mean, it is kind of permanent, but I was worried that it would be, it would be so recognizable, you know, like across the table recognizable. Yeah, no, they do take uh, good chunks out of fingers, them uh, lower grip belts. Uh, oh, to be honest with you, I prefer a lower grip belt than a higher grip belt, you know, like getting my finger because like a 220, I agree. I agree. a 400 or 600. Those just burn. Oh, dude, they kiss you so hard. They kiss <laughs> well, you know, so hard. You know what it was, though? It wasn't even the the grit of the belt, because I've nicked my my knuckle on a on a belt. The paper, cut, the paper cut of the belt. It was the side, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it, was like, it was like someone just, like, taking a, 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 a sword across your finger, like the most dull. Yeah, dullest <laughs> edge on that sword. <laughs> exactly, like, exactly. Oh, man, that was bad. But then... I had like a phantom injury almost with the, with the surface grinder. Cause I used it. I've probably used it four or five times so far, but the last time I used it, um, I, I, I don't want to say I wasn't paying attention, but I wasn't paying enough attention. And I, and I, I, you know, I look down and it's always one of those things where I'm very aware of my surroundings. I'm always thinking to myself, like if I did this, that would be stupid. I'm always doing that. Like in my head, I'm like, man, if I were to just one more inch, I'd be dead right now. I think shit like that all the time. And right as I thought that I, you know, I, 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 I pulled my, my, I mean, as you know, to Nick, you, you see the way the, um, you're only supposed to pull your surface grinder towards you. Right. Yeah. So I pulled it towards me and I pushed it back and then I go ahead and I, I tighten it a little bit more, just like, you know, the smallest, the smallest grade. And then I go to pull it back again. And for whatever reason, I don't know what it was. I, I just, I didn't, but I didn't push it back before I had adjusted it. Oh. And, you know, I, a minute before that, I'm like, you know how stupid it would be if I didn't adjust that. And then it just shot the blade across the, <laughs> the it shot. You want to swing the whole fucking thing across the room. Yeah. Yeah. It wanted to, but luckily just luckily for whatever reason too, I had brought my revs down to like four and that is the only thing that stopped it from, you know, probably going through two rooms worth of drywall. <laughs> yeah. Pull, through, uh, pull it speeds there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm saying yeah. Yeah, you got to, especially the surface grinder, you got to pay attention when using that thing because if you're taking too much off, you're going to get a surprise there. So I, don't, I don't run mine uh, horizontally. I run mine vertically because I, oh, I, I, my, um, I got my, uh, my, my sludge bucket underneath my grinder, so everything falls into yeah, the Yeah, I wish I could do that. To be honest with you, the, the, the one from Ameribraid is so heavy that just to do that is just, I would need like some type of hydraulic, yeah, I, that's what I heard about the uh, crazy other guys saying that that one was heavier and people were suggesting that I used mine that way too. And I was like, no, because yeah. that way I end up with way more fucking metal dust throughout my shop than before. Yeah. And for what, for what you think I can't fucking take a surface grinder and go up and down for 10 minutes. Like seriously, <laughs> I used to take 15 pound weights and put them on a rope tied to a stick and roll those up and down just to straighten my forearms and my grip. Yeah. You just twist, and twist you roll it up and then you twist and twist to roll it down. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah do that with uh, you know, even a five pound weight is plenty. 
I don't say I get 20 twists out of a uh, 15 pound, but you know, I've done it and it's, it's fucking nuts. So like I said, the surface grinder to me is to slide that up and down is no, not a problem. You know, it's just like my hammers. Like what, what, what size hammer do you use? What weight? It's like, I swing a three and a half pound hammer and I'm bored with it. Like I'm seriously bored with my hammer to as where I was talking to Peter and, uh, in the near future, I will be getting a five and a half pound hammer. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, <laughs> five and a half pound fucking rounding hammer. Cause like I said, I have, I'm swinging my three and a half like it was nothing. Like a, like I pick up my two and a half and I put it down right away and I just grab my three and a half and that's my main go to. And I could use a heavier hammer, I think, for for different applications, but I just want it because I know it it's needed for me. I could use it, but like I said, this the. Uh, the Marabraid surface grinder, yeah, that's I, that's one thing I heard about is that it's solid, but it's heavy as fuck. Yeah, yeah, it's super solid. Not gonna lie, there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 a solid build. You know, it's it's worth its money and weight. It's definitely worth its money and weight. You know, so uh, you know, it's a solid build and it's gorgeous too. Actually, it it's funny. Solid. Yeah, it's funny. I saw. I went out to Blade Show West. It was my my first show ever. And uh, I actually drove out there and uh, and I saw it out there and I wanted to see a demo. But the line behind the Marabraid was crazy. It was like wrapped around. And uh, <clears throat> I just didn't want to wait in line. <laughs> so I drove all the way back to Vegas, you know, and then uh, they were they were coming back into Vegas to do the SEMA show, which is mostly cars. Yeah. And uh, and I just stopped by because they were there and there was nobody at their booth. So I talked to them a little bit about it. They let me demo it and everything. So I was like, oh, man, this is cake. So I bought it right then and there. I went home and I ordered it. But, you know, those guys make everything to order. So, you know, anytime I've ordered from them, it just it just takes forever. <laughs> it just yeah. takes forever. That's one thing I'm kind of impatient with. You know, I'm better now yeah. than I wasn't like. No, you're not. No, I'm better. I'm better now, Jay. Trust me, I am better now. Don't bring up them fucking stencils. Don't get me going. Uh huh. Uh huh. But uh, no, that's the thing, though, is when we're working with guys like this, you know, like with companies that are companies that started, you know, Broadback too. You know, when they started, they were no bigger than any one of us. You know, they're like, hey, let's make a grinder and see if we could do anything with that. You yeah. know, and then, oh yeah. They don't have fucking 600 of these or warehouses full of these ready to go, you know, and 3,000 surface grinders ready to go. So, yeah, we have to be patient on certain things, you know. When I wanted my 4-inch contact wheel, I knew who I was getting it from, but was it available? No. My guy has to make them is what I was told. So I was like, all right, I'll wait for your guy then. Yeah. You know, but I got a good price on my 4-inch contact wheel, and I'm happy with it. Well, if you want to order something that's going to get there fast, I got a suggestion. You go to www.phoenixabrasives.com. They're your one-stop shop for all of your abrasive needs. And uh, use that promo code HUSTLE10. Get 10% off your whole order. That, Jason, was by far the most, I'm not going to say worse, because I don't want to say It was that. unslick. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that, that was unslick. Yeah, slick is the word, and unslick is what it was. Yeah, yeah. that one sucks. <laughs> But either that was way, the price is right. Shit at all. Nothing no, like that. Nothing like that. <laughs> you're going to have to take that over. For, you're going to have to make up for that next week. Yeah, next week I got it. But check this out. I got a, a phone call from Greg at Phoenix. Ooh, and nice. someone that he's never heard of 
made a significantly large purchase and used our promo code. So whoever that was, I'm just slap ass curious. So if that was you and you ordered a big ass order of belts, me? Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't me. Are you talking to Todd? No, we don't oh, know who. You're talking to the air. I'm okay. talking to the world. <laughs> Damn, how we remember? Uh, this is what we call a podcast here, and uh, the whole world will hear it on Tuesday morning. Well, you're fucking talking and looking at me, bud. <laughs> well, I mean, I could turn your camera off if you want me to. <laughs> But no, whoever that was, seriously, let us know, man. Because, I mean, if you supported us and went over there and put in a giant-ass order enough for him to call me and let me know. Like, giant enough to, like, supply the world with belts? Or? I don't know. It was big enough to where he called me and was like, dude, somebody just put in one hell of an order and used the promo code, so thanks. I was like, fucking sweet. I don't know who it was, but cool. Yeah, because I'm thinking, you know, it could be anyone who actually supplies knife-making products. That listens to our show and be like, hey, maybe I could get 10% off my belts. Could be. And, and sell them. At cost. Yeah. Hey, that's fine with me. Everybody wins. You know what I mean? Who knows? Yeah. But at the same time, if I was a distributor looking for product, I wouldn't buy it on a discount code. I would go get, you know. Probably a wholesale account. Yeah, a wholesale yeah. price or account, whatever, yeah. But anyway, yeah. we're kind of leading down a, what looks to be a pretty boring rabbit hole here. So uh, uh, speaking of support and all that kind of good stuff, we got the Patreon page set up for the Hustling Ground podcast. Did you know I that? that? But did you know that we had that pickle? Isn't that cool? Yeah, I know we got it, and I still got to get the fixing it so uh canadian people could easier patron us or whatever i think at patreon us i think there's a i think they're not i think they only have like a 15 dollar option i'm not sure they don't get the five dollar option or whatever or something like that i don't know i gotta look into it like i said you get gotten me the password and the username but you haven't given that to me yet i just haven't had the time yet to look into it well, I, I'm looking at the, the – I got a Patreon app here right now pulled up on my phone, and we have nine patrons, uh, but it's only showing me new patrons, which is seven. So that means there's uh, two of them that aren't showing up on here, which is weird, And I, but I do know who those two are. So uh, we, we got a new patron this week, and we actually – I haven't even told you yet, Pickle. I was waiting for this day. Nope. We have a new patron who is set a new gold standard for the patron as far as, you know, those who support us. Yes. Yeah. You got any idea who it might be? Uh, I'm thinking maybe a good buddy of mine. Could be. Todd, how about you? You know who it might be? Uh, Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I have quite a few good buddies, so it could be anybody. It could be Brian. It could be Brian. It could be Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We know plenty of those guys. So uh, starting old school, we got old Ryan Chadborn, Ryan Coakley, and then we got uh, Donnie Dulovich, Knife Material dot at, Arublade Works, Brigham Kendale, Mark LeBlanc, Mark Vanderwolf, uh, Richard Beck, and then this week the T family has signed on to be a a uh, a patron of the show. T family. T family. T the letter T. The letter T. I don't know. Yeah, I, it, it's, I believe My it brother? stands for no. It stands for Todd. 
I like him already. Yeah. Todd Harrington is our oh, newest oh, is our newest patron. <laughs> yeah. Why are you guys fucking with me like this? Like <laughs> <laughs> Way too long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, seriously, Todd, man, we appreciate any little contribution and you have you've crushed uh any expectations that we ever had. And it's very much appreciated. And the other night when you texted me asking me how you could help and you know, I said something about the Patreon, you know, one dollar a month is plenty. You know, but you did your own thing, and um, man, it is very much appreciated. And uh, of course, yeah, thank you, Todd. Thank you very much. Yeah, because I mean, like I said, it, it takes at this point. You know, you can't really see much of the studio, Todd. Pickle's seen it a million times already, but uh, it, it takes a village to allow me to be able to be in here. You know what I mean? Because it's obviously not free, and uh, yeah, it, no. it, it at least offsets some of it, and it's. It sure I helps out you, my pocket. <laughs> I bet you out of all these wannabe poser fucking thieves of podcasts out there. <laughs> you see what I just did? I did. Anyway. I like that. I like that a lot, <laughs> I actually. You, I bet you we're the only thieves that actually put out a podcast from an actual podcast studio, though. Like, seriously. Probably. Like, do they, any of these other guys go and sit in a studio and record a podcast? Like, you're sitting in your studio. Yeah, I'm sitting over here, but... It's coming out of the studio, you know, and it's the Peachtree Podcast Syndicate, and they're yep. the one pushing this podcast for us through the platforms and everything. Like, there's not doing it from home or from the shop, you know. Yeah, like, I'm not at home right now. There's tornado warnings out, and I'm in the studio, you know what I mean? But it's what we do. We, we love what we do, and I'm going to drive home. Is there a bunker under that desk? Huh? Is there a bunker under that desk? Because if you're in Tornado nope. Alley, no, you might want to find that bunker. Dude, these tornadoes have been stupid around here the past week or so. Yeah. I mean, no, longer just, longer than that. Everywhere. Uh, like I, said, I just got back from Nashville uh, three weeks ago or something, and, and it was like 80 tornadoes ran through there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot they hit Nashville. Yeah. But, like, right yeah. through my little, you know, <laughs> central South Georgia region, they're just going crazy. You know what I've never understood? Year after year. For centuries, hurricanes go through these specific regions geographically. <laughs> I know what you're going to say, and I've thought about it a million times. And why the fuck are you guys still there? Why do, why do they keep rebuilding? It's going to fucking blow yes, down again. Exactly why. Just like where it floods, just like everything else. Like, why? Yeah. Why do they do that? Like, I would never live on a coast, like on a shore, like a shoreline. I would never live on a shoreline. Like, I, that, 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 that's just asking for it. Like, check out Haiti. Like, they get nailed constantly. Yeah. They need to just go to South there? America. Look at all the, the land in South America that's uninhabited completely. Yeah. Take all their Haiti money, convert it to South America money, and buy, like, you know, a, a Haiti-sized plot and just rebuild where the wind don't blow. I know. Problem I know. Solved. Exactly. Anything like that, you know, like. <laughs> And there's a lot of these places that are tourist destinations too. And I don't yeah. get it. It's like, you're like I've been to some of these places, and these be you know, like the the industry is ruined because of tornadoes and hurricanes, and not tornadoes but hurricanes. And it's like, why do they invest so much when they know these natural disasters happen? Like, is it that worthy for them to put up all these big buildings to where within the next ten years this place is not even going to look decent enough to have people there as tourists? Because I went and saw the old port of Vallarta at one point, and I was like, yeah, it's cool, cultural, and everything, but the fucking beach sucked. You'd walk five feet into the water, and then you're head over your 
over your head in water, you know, and it just drops like a cliff because hurricanes have chewed up the shore so much. Speaking of, I'm going to take this little uh, this little thing that we've got going on here. Weather Channel podcast shit. Yeah, and I'm going to steer this <laughs> motherfucker a full 180. You ready? Do it. So spe- <laughs> speaking of tourist destinations, Todd, you live in Vegas. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Last week was Christmas, right? So one of my favorite Christmas movies, obviously, is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Well, we've watched it for years on Netflix. This year it wasn't on Netflix. So I was like, we got to watch this movie. Like, we're not going to not watch it. It's not an option. So I I ran up to Walmart. I'm like, surely they got it on DVD, right? So I got up there, and they did, but it was the full National Lampoon Vacation Series. Vegas Vacation, Christmas Vacation, all of them. So we watched Christmas. Then we watched Vegas. And uh, I was looking, and I think that was filmed somewhere in the mid-'90s. And I've never been to Vegas. But I've I've got friends that go somewhat regular, enough to where they post pictures and stuff, and I see them. Obviously, it's changed a ton. A lot. As somebody, you live there. Is it as cool to see on a daily basis? Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Hell to the now. <laughs> that was the, the most honest. That was the most honest nope I've ever seen. Like, you know what? Let me tell you. This. See this, but like his approach to the camera and his nope was so honest. <laughs> the only thing I'm not into gambling because I feel like if I was to go to Vegas and gamble, I don't think I would stop myself until I was just like the dude on TV, and there's no money to get back home. You know what I mean? I'd be like one more hand. That's all. One more roll. So I'm not doing it. But I think it'd be cool to go to that tunnel. Where they got like the light show that that goes over top of the road, I've yeah. always thought that'd be pretty neat. But the rest of yeah, it, I got no on, uh, that's on Fremont. You know, I got a little story there, so that's why I moved to Vegas. Um, I used to work at a hardware store, which is probably the only reason I'm I'm handy. Uh, so I worked at a hardware store when I was in high school, from 16 to 18, and uh, and right right after I t- actually no, I'm sorry, I was I was 19. So so right before my 20th birthday. Um, the, the GM, the manager of the hardware store, um, asked me if I wanted to go to Las Vegas for a convention, for a hardware convention. Um, you know, obviously he wasn't very smart, but (laughs) I said, you know, absolutely. I've never been to Vegas. I'm, you know, I'm from Philadelphia. I've never, I've never been outside of the sticks. Cause I was like, a I don't know, an hour North of Philly. So I was like, yeah, let's, I'll go to Vegas, you know, but I had, I was like about to turn 20 years old. Like. I wasn't old enough to gamble, but I was like in full party mode. I wasn't, I was out of high school. I was like ready to just like take Vegas by storm. He had this whole itinerary for me. I I was there for five days. Um, You know, the first day I went down from my hotel room, which at the time was the Hilton. And uh, I went into the convention center. I grabbed like every brochure I could possibly grab to make it look like I did what I had to do. And then I went back up to my room, unloaded it. And then I enjoyed Vegas for four days. And I fell in love with the city. I just loved it. It was great. It was like, it's like a cartoon version of like any like big city you could possibly imagine, especially when you're a kid, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, there I am like about to go to culinary school and like, all I'm doing is like a- asking like cooks and chefs at the buffet and restaurant open, open kitchen restaurants. Like, Hey, how do I get a job here? How do I work as a chef here? What did you do? You know, it basically interviewing people yeah. and, uh, yeah, I mean, right after culinary school, I moved right to Vegas. I just drove to Vegas, and I said, "That's where I'm gonna live." 
you knew you were going to be in Vegas cooking food. Yeah. That's what you wanted to do. That's a yeah. pretty gangster-ass story. I like it. Like, were you married and all be, that? Like, I was supposed to be go, taking, like, hardware uh, courses and getting, like, certified. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, were you involved with your your other half at that time? Or did you meet her out in Vegas? Oh, no, no. I came I came to Vegas uh, proper. I was not married. I was not proper. <laughs> proper. I like that. No, no, no kids. I was, I was, you know what I mean? You don't take sand to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yes, sir. That's right. <laughs> you got the most serious face on your look on your face ever when you said that. Yeah. Like, like, I meant it. Like, that's the Bible. <laughs> it's, it's, that honest, it's, I think it's the honest face. It is. Yeah. Uh, that's your fault. That's a mirror behind you. I thought there was a yeah. walking behind you or something, but it's. Oh, I know. Yeah. No, it's a wall. It's a wall of mirrors. Oh, there's more than one mirror. <laughs> yeah. 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 The white one is where I could see your arm going by. And I was like, I thought it was a cat walking by or like, you know, on the. <laughs> I thought it was like an opening to the kitchen or whatever. That's what I thought too on the white frames one. I've been yeah, thinking the white that actually. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It's Todd's wall of mirrors. Everybody that can't see it. It seems like yeah. a, it seems like we got a pattern here going with the walls of our guests there. Buddy had the world map there. Spencer had the world map on his cool. wall. That was cool. Todd's got a bunch of mirrors. It seems like all of our friends have really nice walls. I know, right? I got a fridge. <laughs> and a lamp with no shade on it. <laughs> Utilitarian. Yeah. yeah, there yeah. you go. I don't even have anything in my fucking living room, guys. Like, I don't have a Lazy Boy or couch or TV or TV furniture or anything. Like, my living room's got a computer, a laser printer, and a light box in it. That's all I got. Like, I don't spend time in here. This is the most time I spend when, like I've mentioned before in the podcast, this is my time off from the shop. This is the most time I actually spend in my my apartment without sleeping. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's when I'm on the podcast and I'm doing this, you know, because other than that, I'm taking my pictures. That's a quick in and out back to the shop laser printer. Well, I haven't really played around with that yet, but much, but I definitely will need to, but yeah, that's, you know, that's just sitting there too. And besides that, there's nothing else. Yeah. You guys got cool shit in your background. I got, <laughs> well, keep in mind, I'm in a studio. Well, I'm not sitting yeah. in my house. <laughs> I see that skateboard deck back there, and I was like, ah, it makes me want to skateboard. There's there's several of them hanging around here that are like, have some sort of significance. Almost everything in here is either autographed or from something. You know what I mean? Like from an event. Yeah. There's like skateboards, there's guitars, there's boxing gloves, there's building permit. Like there's, it's just all significant historical stuff. You know what I mean? Nice. But uh, I don't own any of it. I don't really, honestly, I don't pay much attention to any of it. Todd. Yo. Obviously, being a chef, I'm giving this the 180 there, Jay. Do it, uh, do it. <laughs> obviously, you being a chef is where, you know, these uh, wicked handles originate from. But has this was this something you had seen before people, like before you done it, like other people incorporate spices? And, like, I've seen coffee beans being you know casted with resin and made into handles but i'd never seen anything like yours like is this something you'd seen before or no um you know what's funny about that is uh i i just thought it would be really cool to put um 
you know, pink peppercorn, black, black pepper, obviously um, some green peppercorn, just for like some contrast into this resin. And um, the first one I did was with pink peppercorn. Uh, I think orange lentils were in there and uh, some star anise. So it just looked really cool, man. It's just like, you know, and it, and it just made sense for me to have it on a, a kitchen handle. Yeah, no. And, and, and it definitely, you know, the culinary art is what it's called. You know, you're playing with colors in these plates and everything. So, you know, that's what I, that's what I thought was so cool about your work is that you're, you're incorporating more than just the art of knife making into your knives. You're, you're incorporating your, your, your pet, your, your other true passion of, you know, cooking and all that into this. And, and that's another art form of its own, but put into a fucking handle, you know, where you're, you're, you're incorporating these colors you would see in a plate yeah, yeah, but yeah. You're seeing them in a handle, you know, and this yeah. and this is something I have an eye for because I've done photography and all that shit. And I take pictures of my meals sometimes too, you know, and I get fancy with them. But hey, whatever, that's me. I like photography. I think but we all like, take pictures of our dinner plates. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but like I saw that in your work, and I was like, it's just so amazing, and it blows my mind how you did that, and it's something I'd never seen. You know, you know, you'll see guy put guys put bullet casings in their handles for, you know, pins or whatever, you know? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's cool. But it's been done a million times. This, this is something, you know, if you guys haven't seen, it's a T T W is it TW knives? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I was thinking you there W, but why W are well, well, yeah. Well, that's well, funny. shit, you got it wrong. Oh, well, shit, I did definitely get it wrong. <laughs> but yeah, th knives on Instagram. If you want to see what I'm talking about, folks, there's go uh, check out Todd's work. He's got some uh, mind blowing handles and his blades as well, too. You know, it's just everybody's got their own thing going when it comes down to blade design or style or whatever. You know, you kind of point out others' work. You know, like if I were to see one of your knives somewhere, I could definitely tell it's a one of Todd's knives, you know, I'd see Jay's knife somewhere. I'd be able to say that's, you know, just like somebody came up to me here. First year I got into knife making, uh, somebody came up and this knife didn't have a logo on it. So it was some of the first knives I'd made, <laughs> but I was the only guy making knives in town too, though, at that point, you know, there's three of us now, but uh, yeah, they went fishing and they lost their knife on the side of the river and somebody found the knife. Oh, wow. And they brought it back to me. Yeah, like they're like you made this right. I was like, yeah, I did. I definitely did make that, you know. But even if there would have been twenty knife makers around, then they probably would have recognized my work, you know, from those other twenty knife makers. But they did recognize that it was a knife that was handmade by me and brought it back to me. And then I was like, yeah, that's Joey's knife. So I sent Joey a picture of his knife. I was like, hey, bud, did you lose this? He's like, fuck, how'd you end up with that? I don't want to tell you I lost that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's definitely, like I said, the uniqueness in your pieces is there. Uh, TH Nice, go check him out, guys. Todd, it's Ford. Todd Harrington 80 on Instagram, right? Yeah, I don't go by TH Knives only because uh, it's not a business, really. I mean, it's kind of turning into one. Yeah. Um, I, I, I side hustle with a business name anyways, dude. It, it doesn't dude, matter. you know what happened is that article, that article came out and I got like three dozen orders in a week. That's badass, dude. Yeah. And I, and you know, and a lot of them are chefs, almost all of them are chefs yeah. and a lot of them are high profile chefs. So now you need a month off from your day job. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> or you could send some of these orders our way. You know, <laughs> I tried. I I I I I boast about both you guys actually, Brian too. Oh, nice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Well, speaking of badass chefs, one of my most favorite chefs in the world is Todd Harrington because he sent me his recipe for pork belly. And well, I tell you what, I done dorked out. So you try it? Not yet. I can't find pork belly. I went to the local, like we got two main grocery stores in town. Neither one of them sell it. No, you got to go to a butcher shop. I went to the butcher shop. They don't have it. They can get it for me within a week. Yeah, they'll order it for you. But they said if I wait until around February, they'll have it. So I could get it for, I think it was for half a belly was almost 200 bucks, which I don't want it that bad. You know what I mean? For half of a pork belly. You don't want that much, man. (laughs) That's a lot. Well, unless you chip in with others, Jay, like we have a lot of people do that. Well, your recipe said either a full or half pork belly. So I don't know. I mean, is it really the full belly off a whole damn pig? It was a. It was actually a full or a half side. Ah. So what they're giving you is a is a, a side side. But I would do I would do a half of a side of a pig. I wouldn't do. Oh, okay. Know. Yeah, but I mean, like I mean, just like what Pickle said. I mean, throw it in your freezer or, or go halfsies on somebody and have them put it in their freezer. I mean, pork belly is, you know, the but, best. No, it's, yeah. it's all going to be for me. But they said if I wait till February, like that two hundred dollar piece is going to be like. I think 84 bucks, which that's fine. You know what I mean? But $200 for a piece of meat that I might screw up. Probably because there's a local farmer coming up with a run that's going to be slaughtered in February. That text that you sent me, you know, it came through in like 10 different messages that were like maxed out so long. I literally printed that out and highlighted (laughs) like the ingredients and all the times. And yeah. like I'm gonna follow it. I told Katie, it's my funny wife, though, because that that's that. I'm sorry, that all came from my head, you know. So I, I'm there texting you that I'm just like, all right, I go through that recipe. I've made it a million times, and I'm like, all right, and then you do this, and then you do this, and so I'm just like typing it as you do it. So that the what I texted you is actually easier to follow than an actual recipe. So you don't have to like revert back to you know what I have to grab next or whatever. Yeah. It's all in there from start to finish, and that's the way you know as a chef you kind of go through things is is your process. Like my wife laughs because we'll go grocery shopping, and uh, we'll go through, and I'm all over the grocery store, and it's because first I grab this, and then I go over and I grab this, and then I grab you know what I mean like. Yeah, I can do your recipe. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. So you know, the way it hits the pan is the way I pick it up and put it in the cart. You're not going to miss anything that way. No, no, never. But yeah. I've never even had pork belly until that restaurant that I told you about up there in North Carolina. Yeah. And, I yeah, mean, we do a lot of hog hunting that. down here, and we eat the hell out of wild hogs. We love them, and if you bleed them out the way you're supposed to, you know, the way we do it, put them in a cooler full of ice water for seven days, every day, drain the water off until there's no yeah, more blood in it. And then you, you know, process it. It tastes just like a store-bought pig. But when we do that, dude, we throw the belly in the trash. You know what I mean? Like, that's, we just toss it. Oh, man. (laughs) I never thought nothing about it, but I bet I will now. That's a sin right there, man. I'm not even going to know what a pork belly looks like when I pick it up at the butcher shop. I'm just taking bacon that hadn't been cut. You know what I mean? There'll be nipples on it. (laughs) No shit. (laughs) There will be. Well, guys, I farted, so that means it is time to end this show. 
I was not expecting that. <laughs> well, I forgot to hit mute and it came out. So here we go. Thanks for jumping in here with us, guys. And uh, it's been a fun one. Todd, we're going to get you back in here again one of these days for round two. I feel like we only scratched the surface. Yeah, man. But uh, thanks for tuning in with us, guys. And we'll see you again next week. I know that was kind of a quick ending, right? Yeah, it was kind of a quick ending, but uh, we'll explain that on the next podcast. We'll leave a little suspense. Yeah. Jason Hartwell, J.K. Blades. Nick Tobin, Pickle Gutters. Todd Harrington, T.H. Blades. See you guys next week. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye.